Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said called The Long Journey to the Body. Before we get into that, today is the last, 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 last possible moment to purchase a seat to Brave, which you can do at kristenkelp.com slash brave. You can meet uh, the crew in Laguna Beach, California, hello ocean, in uh, two weeks. So hit it if you want to do that. And if you're like, dear God, shut up about it. I can't possibly come because it's too far away slash I have a good reason. You can get the recordings at the same site, kristenkelp.com slash brave with the magical code FARAWAY, F-A-R-A-W-A-Y in all caps. Those will be $99. So you can be there in spirit slash recording <laughs> if you would like. I also have two coaching spots, one-on-one spots opening up for May. So head to kristenkelp.com slash dominatrix. I call it dominatrixing because I take a look at everything in your life and your business and then I tell you what to do in what order. Uh, Send me a note. Tell me what you don't want me to know. And from there, we will determine how to proceed and to work with me should that be a good choice for both of us. Because it isn't always and that's okay. Just send me a note. Okay, so... Speaking of, I don't want you to know that, um, I was 30 before I began to live in my body in any capacity whatsoever. So I'm telling you things today that it has taken me years of dedication to learn. You can't teach anything you didn't learn. And so where people just have innate abilities and they're like, how do you run six minute miles? And like, well, the first time I ran, it was a six minute mile. Those people do not have as much to teach you about running a six minute mile as the person who started at 13 minutes and then had to whittle their way down. So I am not an athlete, but I have done a great deal of work to come into my body and to learn how to be in it. And it's still a work in progress. So if you are like me, one of those people who lived in your mind primarily, especially as a child, you were reading, you were into imagining, you were super, super, super hermity. I was a total fucking hermit. If you sent me to my room, I would just stay there until I got really hungry and then come out and then go back in. Like that was not a punishment. I spent the most of my life living sort of five minutes to one hour from now. So a state of constant anticipation of what was to come, but never really being here. 
So I'm at grandma's house and she's giving me ice cream. And instead of being in the ice cream, I'm at the moment when I finish the ice cream because the point of a meal is always to finish it. And instead of riding the bikes, I'm at the point where I've finished riding the bikes and I'm tired. So I'm always just sort of looking a little bit in advance and I'm never really there. Even for things like I'm five, there's no real responsibility happening right then, right? Um, I'm 10, I'm 12. I'm, I don't have lots to worry about, but I'm always just slightly removed from the present moment. Um, I could always, always, always imagine it better. I still can. So in any given moment, I can imagine any moment slightly better. And it's taken a long time for me to acknowledge that part of being present is accepting what is as it is without making any modifications to it in my mind. And that's the beginning of being here. So if you're like, I have no problem being in my body, I have no idea what you're talking about, I do not live in my mind, that's not where I live or exist, then this, you can totally skip it because you know this stuff and it's cool and I'll see you next week. But if you're like, yes, say more about living in your imagination for the entirety of your childhood, <laughs> right? How do you begin to come down from that? I was listening to an On Being podcast with Krista Tippett and a woman named Joy who was male at the time as a child and then um, came out slowly to transition to transgender into female as Joy. And she said, when you ask about my childhood, I don't have many memories because I wasn't there. Childhood is experienced through the body and I was not in my body. That's a rough summary. It's not an exact quote. But I get it. I wasn't in my body either. Not because of trauma. Not because I was going to eventually be transgender. I am not transgender. Um, I didn't have any big, horrible thing happen. I just lived in my imagination. And books were so much more preferable to the world that I saw outside that, of course, I went and lived in books. So these are the basics of living in the body. First, if you think that you can cheat the body, which I've tried to do, or be like, you know what, it's not that important. Sleep is not that important. Eating nutrition is not that important. Hydrating is not that important. You will learn over and over and over again that actually those things are really important. Would you do coaching with me? Those are the first three things I check in on. And I don't stop checking in on them just because you say you're doing okay on them. Because the minute that one of those three wheels falls off. I don't know what the fourth one is, but those three are the basis. It does not go well. Brene Brown, our guru of life, uh, Brene Brown says that the body keeps the score and the body always wins. So if you spend 30 days in a row getting little to no sleep on the 31st day, you're going to sleep for 36 hours or you're going to get the flu or a strep or some sort of horrible disease or you're going to implode all of your relationships because everyone wants to stab you because people without sleep are meaner than people that have had sleep, right? So first, coming into the body means acknowledging as frustrating as it is that the body is an animal and therefore the body has these needs. The body is a mammal. Damn it. Mammals sleep a lot. Mammals hydrate. Mammals have foods. There isn't any way around that, and there isn't any way to hack your body's needs that way. So just acknowledging that and accepting it, and you can be as angry as you want, but just putting those three things at the forefront, nutrition, hydration, sleep, will do wonders. And then, because the mind really wants to take this one over, when something happens to you, when even when you read about something that isn't specifically happening to you, perhaps, 
there are thoughts about it and then there are sensations. And until someone specifically sat me down and walked me through this time after time after time after time, I couldn't for the life of me tell you what the sensations were in my body. And now I can tell you, ergo, I can help you, um, that if, let's say you see an article online that's really upsetting in some way, (laughs) that's not hard to imagine, there are going to be thoughts immediately and your mind is going to try and direct you to there, but watch the sensations that come up. If it's something that is human rights related, see if anything sort of tingles in your heart. See if your shoulders roll forward at all. Um, When something is incredibly painful to me, in particular with something that I see online, I typically tend to lean, you can't see me, so it's not helping that I'm doing this. Um, (laughs) I tend to lean way in. So instead of my shoulders being a straight line across, they sort of curve way forward, like I'm protecting my heart. I also lean down because that protects my solar plexus, the the sort of center of your being and your feeling of ego. Uh, If it's something that really is enraging, my cheeks will often get red, my pupils will dilate, I'll feel a sudden rush of adrenaline. If it's something that feels incredibly sad, but also that triggers hopelessness, um, my shoulders will go down, my neck will get heavy, like my head wants to fall. Sometimes I get tingling ears. Sometimes I get like a buzzing in my ears. And you'll notice that when I say I feel a buzzing in my ears, I'm not trying to give that a good or a bad or a yes or a no. I'm just labeling it. It is what it is. So if you feel a tightness or a looseness, if you feel a spinning, a buzzing, a warmth, a coldness, if you feel a clenching or a curling, if you can just begin to label those things as sensations instead of labeling them as anger or frustration or any of those things, then you can begin to draw the line between this is a thought and this is a sensation. Because when you are going on a roller coaster and you're at the you're going tuk, 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 up the top up to the top, you're gonna to feel many of the same things that in a, a situation where you're viewing an internet article would be labeled as anger, but that when you are clicking up a roller coaster waiting to go down the other side, you're experiencing as thrill and anticipation and joy. So often the same sensations can go either way. So we just want to label the sensation and not have a thought attached to it. This is not a thing that you master in like 3.4 seconds or even possibly a lifetime. But beginning to draw attention to it means that you get better and better at it. It is like a muscle and you feel less held captive by your thoughts because you are able to detach what is my body telling me from what is my mind telling me instead of what is my my, my body's not telling me shit my body never speaks which is what I thought was true for a very long time it took years to get to the point where I was like oh oh it is telling me things it is next you want to breathe through it no matter what it is so often when you feel something incredibly unpleasant You will not want to breathe through it. You will naturally sort of breathe way up into your chest instead of down into below your belly button, what I call your crotchels. (laughs) Um, If you can simply trigger yourself to say breathe, like some part of you can just say breathe, breathe deeply, you can get better at labeling the sensation and it will be uncomfortable as fuck, but at least you're labeling the sensation as sensation and you're tolerating it. What can happen, what I see happen all the time, 
And what I used to do a lot, so that I'm not in any way projecting onto you, I'm telling you about my experience, is somebody would irritate me and it would feel like somebody was flicking my solar plexus, which is just right above your belly button. If you have, I have an anger ball that lives right above my belly button, if I'm not careful and I'm not being completely healthy. And it would be like somebody was just flicking it with their fingers over and over and over and over. And that doesn't sound bad, but that is the most annoying thing. And to avoid that, I would just spout up into rage. Instead of learning to, okay, body's very uncomfortable. Okay, that means I'm irritated and I'm breathing through that. And I'm going to either remove myself from the situa- situation or express my irritation to the person that is causing the irritation. Because it was always one person. If you can begin to breathe through it, you can get more articulate about what's going on. You can better share it with the people around you and you can become more intimate with yourself which is truly fucking helpful to do because you can't get away from you as hard as you try. So you might as well figure some shit out while you're in there, right? Next, whether you have to make it up, pay for it, um, participate in it, or just carve it out for yourself, it is fantastic and essential to make a place where you can be honest about what you're feeling. The safest, most obvious choice here is to have a journal where you are not required to censor or to say anything intelligent or important, where you don't have to censor yourself in any capacity. That's a really great place to begin to have thoughts and feelings and messiness. Because often what the body is trying to tell you is that things are messy and the body is just trying to help you sort out that messiness. But if you keep stuffing it down, tamping it down or running away from it, It just gets messier and then you don't want to look at it even more because it's even messier, right? It's like if you do your laundry once a day versus once every 70 days, (laughs) like by the time you get to day 70, it's just a shit show. The same thing happens with your emotions and your experiences. If you can find a way to process them and you can find a way for your, to listen to your body every day, it does a tremendous capacity for experiencing yourself in the world. It does, it does increase your capacity for that, which is really important. If you feel safe, when you feel safe, you might want to share your feelings, particularly the sensations in your body with a loved one. If you're like, fuck, no, no other humans, um, dancing and yoga can be super helpful. If you look up Koya, Q-O-Y-A by Rochelle Sheik, that helps me find a way back to my body every time. Whatever it is that you want to do with what you're feeling, the idea is to feel it versus stuffing it down, tamping it down, or otherwise trying to sort of trash compact it into not existing. Because the body keeps a score and the body always wins. So you can never actually get rid of it by just trash compacting it. There's going to have to be some expression of it or some willingness to face it at some point. And I promise it's easier to do this on a regular basis than to just keep stuffing. I mean, you you can do it the hard way. I kept stuffing until I couldn't anymore, but I encourage you to not do that. Next, a space for silence is really, really, really valuable. So it feels to me like when we are just constantly with screens and near screens and experiencing screens, that that's like swimming underwater. And when you have time without a screen, that you are coming up for air. So if you think of it that way, obviously without sleeping, if you think of how much time are you with screens, near screens, your screen is on, your screen is nearby, if someone texts, you're going to answer it immediately, versus how much time are you spending away from screens, how much time are you swimming underwater? Because 
you're probably not breathing enough. And I say that as a person that's probably not breathing enough either because I'm constantly trying to push away, okay, how can I get just like 10 more minutes without my phone and then five minutes and 10 minutes and the game is how far can I get screens from me while still having a business that's mostly online. So anytime you can have pauses or breaks or patches of breathable air because you aren't with the screens, because you aren't underwater, you're doing a service to yourself, to your body, to its ability to communicate with you, and to your well-being. Also, that is totally the sound of analog. That's a card that I wrote things on. Finally, and possibly most importantly, it's okay to have helper people. In fact, it is magnificent to have helper people, whether that's a tutor or a coach, whether that is taking a class of some kind, whether that's having someone who helps you, an herbalist, an acupuncturist, a physician, a therapist, a, um, a Reiki teacher, a breathwork teacher, or something far more traditional, like a, a surgeon or a consultant, a, I don't know why you would need a surgeon, but just saying, like, whether it's traditional Western medicine, Eastern medicine, something hippie woo-woo, something completely reasonable and normal like therapy, whether you just want to have a yoga teacher or a guru, anything that you find that is truly deeply helpful is a yes, and that feels good for your body, not just your mind. So if mind is like, this would be really good for you, and some part of you is like, eh, don't do that thing. But if body is like, huh? so if body's leaning forward towards something, if your eyes leak when you view something online, if you keep being drawn to a place over and over or to a person over and over, and you can't quite explain why, but it feels good, those are body's signals in the best language it knows how, to get you to pay attention to those things. So when I came to um, the sort of mentor from afar that I have now, it was because my eyes just kept leaking. And I say that there's a difference between eyes leaking and crying, because crying is usually there's a thought and then there are tears running down my face. And eyes leaking is there are tears running down my face and then there's a thought like, oh, I should pay attention. So that's one of the ways body gets your attention. Or if you compulsively click over to something or someone over and over and over, and it isn't like a beautiful outfit on Amazon, but it's a, it's something new or different. It's a, it's a workshop. It's a class. It's a coach. It's a person. It's a philosophy. It's a book. Just pay attention. And if you can find a way to delve deeper into it, often body is going to help point you to the next thing, the next person, the next helper, the next right step. Often those things are terrifying, but they are still super fucking duper helpful. And if you're like, I think you might be one of my helper people, awesome. Head to kristenkelp.com slash dominatrix and I will do my very best to help you because I have two spots open for May. And if you're like, fuck you, I hate this. Okay, then. I don't know why you're listening, but that's okay. Um... So for those of you that live in the tower of your mind to come into your body, um, nutrition, hydration, sleep, separating thoughts from sensations, breathing through, especially all the uncomfortable feels, and there are so many of them, um, breathing through and labeling sensations as you breathe, making a place to be honest about what you're feeling instead of pretending in a way, trash compacting it or hoping it doesn't exist. 
making spaces for silence and breaks, making time to come up for air from screens, and finding and seeking out and giving all the dollars to helper people. Those are all tremendously important steps that you can take toward not having your brain be front and center, the only thing in charge of all of you. Because you're an integrated being, you have a body, you have a mind, you have a spirit, and when the body gets neglected, when you're just a walking brain, things get out of balance and you might miss a lot of information that's really valuable to help you figure out what's good in your life, what could be better, what your next steps are, where you're going to go, and to help you be more alive. Because ultimately, I want you to be more alive. One last thing, if you are one of the magical, wonderful, lovely people who listens to this, you can, in fact, get an extra episode of That's What She Said each month, hop on to a monthly group call, and see my poems before anyone else at kristenkalp.com slash community in the Order of the Phoenix. Yes, that's inspired by Harry Potter. It is $8 a month, and I hope to see you there because holy shit, it's awesome. Right now, Joy is an Act of Resistance and How to Hermit Without Breaking Your Life are waiting for you when you, bada bing, bada boom, become a patron on Patreon. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. May you begin to discern between thoughts and sensations. May you get better and better and better at breathing through everything life throws at you. May you find a safe space to feel what you're feeling. May you make more and more and more space for silence and may you find your helper people. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now, and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now, and that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.